Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. We hope and pray the following message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 6. And while you are turning there, I want to give honor to whom honor is due, and that is to your pastor, pastor and sister Keller. It does not take long being around here to see that you have amazing leadership. Amen. And the entire Keller family, uh, you can just tell everything in this church is just done seamlessly, perfectly. And uh, I give honor to this great, great family that is leading this church. Don't you love your pastor and his family that is leading? Amen. 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 And thank you, worship team, for leading us into the presence of God. I love good talent, but on top of that, I love it when it's surrendered to the anointing of the Lord. The greatest decision you will ever make with your talent is to let God anoint it. Every young person that's here, the greatest decision that you'll ever make with your talent is to let God anoint it. To every middle-aged person and to every elder that's here, the greatest thing that you can do with your talent is let God anoint it because there's at no point in the kingdom that God does not need you working. Amen. Amen. I give honor, and I'm just so thankful to be here. I'm thankful for what I feel. I truly feel like that there is just a, a shift in the atmosphere. I feel that. I feel like there's just a next level that God is trying to bring this church into. And I always like to save the best for last. And I know you know her better than me, but I give honor to my beautiful wife. And uh, I say this outside of the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the greatest gift God has ever given me. And I love her today. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 6, verse number 1. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, say oh me. The amens have it. The Bible says that in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report. Here's their qualifications. Are you ready? This is what they had to have on their resume. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Whom we may appoint over this business. So these men had to be appointed to the service of widows so that the apostles could give themselves continually to prayer and to preaching. That's as simple as I can make it. That's Dylan's translation. The Bible says in verse number five, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. Somebody say Stephen. A man full of faith. Somebody say full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Verse number six, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Verse number eight, and Stephen, somebody say Stephen, 
Now he's full of faith and power. Did great wonders and miracles among the people. Now quickly, if you want to turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 1, we're just going to read one verse in your hearing, verse number 8. Most of you can probably quote this, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to us on this subject. Stephen wasn't a preacher. Would you say that with me? Stephen wasn't a preacher. Amen. Would you set your Bibles down now? And would you lift your hands? And could we ask that God would speak to us here today? All across this house, you have worshiped great. But I wonder what would happen if we could turn this into a prayer meeting for just a few moments before we get into the word of the Lord. Come on, really lift your voices for a few moments. Every apostolic that knows how to pray in this room, would you just begin to pray like you know how to pray? Lord, right now I pray for the sweet anointing of the Holy Ghost to rest upon me from the top of my head down to the very soles of my feet. As you have given me this word, now give me the wisdom to use it correctly. I pray, God, that your words would be in my mouth, God, and that I would speak only what you would have for me to speak in this room, God. I pray that the gifts of the Spirit, that they would continue to flow in this service, God, and that you would confirm this word with signs following. Lord, we need a special touch of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we need a special touch in this room for every hurting heart. God, for every person that is coming to this place with a sickness or with an infirmity, for every person that is here that has never experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost or baptism in Jesus' name, let today be the day of salvation. I pray, God, that there would be a powerful move that would continue to flow in this house, God, and that you would do a work that only you can do in this place. Come on, just for a few more moments, would you lift your voices one more time? Amen. Amen. If you believe God is going to do a great work, would you turn to your neighbor before you're seated and say, God can. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I fully and firmly believe that the Holy Ghost is the greatest thing in the whole world. I was five years old at a junior camp that I was too young to be at, but my grandpa was a counselor or whatever you call him, and he let me slide in with him. And I'll never forget, I walked down to the altar with my grandpa, just shaking and crying underneath the power of God, not really understanding what was going on. And I'll never forget the words that he spoke to me that day. He said, son, do you know what you're feeling? And I just kind of, I think this is God. He said, that's exactly what it is. And he told me, he said, God wants to take that stony heart and he wants to replace it with a soft heart that he can work on. 
And I said, okay, Grandpa, and I'll never forget, he led me through repentance. I didn't know what exactly I need to repent for at five years old, but I'm sure I said something to Mom or Dad that I shouldn't have said. So I lifted my hands at five years old. I repented of my sins, and it was almost instantly after I got done repenting, I'll never forget, I began to speak in that unknown tongue, that new heavenly language. And the reason that I say that and that I start with that today is because whether you're here and you are five, six, seven, or eight, or you are here and you are however old, today's the day for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It starts with repentance, and it's the greatest thing in the whole world. And I, I testify today to the keeping power of the Holy Ghost. Oftentimes, people get up with an amazing testimony of the saving power of God. And let me tell you today, he is a savior. He can find anybody in this room today, whether you are battling drugs, whether you are battling depression, whether you are battling condemnation, whether you are in this room feeling like you have done too much, and the love of God could never be for you. He is a Savior that wants to save you here today. But not only will he save you, but this Holy Ghost wants to keep you. I'm here today, and I have almost had the Holy Ghost for 20 years in January, and I can testify that it is the greatest thing in the whole world. There's nothing quite like the Holy Ghost. What we felt move into this house just a little while ago uh, as we all begin to worship under the mighty power of God, uh, that was the Spirit of God moving in here, and it began to move upon people that needed a touch from God uh, and those that were willing to, to come down to this altar and lift their hands. And I believe God did miracles by the power of the Holy Ghost. There's just something about the Holy Ghost. And this beautiful Holy Ghost, it does come with some perks. Believe it or not, the Holy Ghost does come with a few perks when you receive it because the Bible begins to talk about that there are some, uh, some, some fruit that come with the Holy Ghost. You're going to receive love, joy, temperance, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness. These are things that grip a hold of you when you get the Holy Ghost. This is the fruit of having the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but as we entered uh, into the years that, that have just come and gone, as COVID came into our world, as political upheaval came into our world, as riots came into our world, things that we have never seen before, I wouldn't have wanted to go through it uh, lest I have had the Holy Ghost lest I was able to enter into a prayer closet uh, when fear tried to knock on my door uh, and I could hit my knees uh, and feel the power of God uh, begin to radiate through my home. Uh, I'm thankful today uh, that I can still hold on to peace. Uh, I can hold on to love. Uh, I can grab a hold of that long suffering. Uh, and I can... I love the Holy Ghost. And I'm also thankful that when you get a part of this covenant with him, that you also, you also get to be a part of a body. And this body is here for us to bear one another's burdens. 
this body that you get to be a part of through the baptism of the Holy Ghost and through baptism in Jesus' name as you enter into this covenant with Jesus Christ. You come into the body of Christ for he said we are buried with Christ in baptism. We put on Christ Jesus. So today if you are lonely today if you are battling loneliness and you feel isolated and you feel all by yourself I want you to look around and see the body that is ready to welcome you with open arms that is ready to see you through every trial through every struggle through every situation because we bear one another's burdens anybody else thankful to be a part of the body of Christ Anybody else thankful that you had a friend that you could call on when things started going a little wrong? That you had a brother you could pick the phone up and say, hey, Bubba, I'm going through a trial. And they could say, don't worry, I'll meet you at the church and we'll pray together. Or don't worry, I'm praying for you at home. I'm thankful for the strength of the body. There's nothing like the strength of the body of Christ. There's nothing like having somebody you can lean on when things get hard. There's nothing like being able to assemble because where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be also. There's something about the assimilation of the body of Christ. When the ecclesia begins to come together, it's just like the ebb and flow of power begins to come into the house. Just like you felt as brothers and sisters begin to lift their hands and they begin to worship, God says, I can't help but show up in the midst of that. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You know why we're feeling the Holy Ghost? Because his name is being glorified. Because I have at least two or three that are in agreement that this is the greatest thing in the whole world. There's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the body of Christ. There's nothing like coming together and feeling love one toward another. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He started by saying, you've got to love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's something about the love that you get to be a part of. There's something about the community that you get to enter into. There's nothing like the body of Christ. And the Bible says that Stephen, along with these other men, they were full of the Holy Ghost. They were baptized in Jesus' name. They were a part of the church of the Most High God. That was the greatest thing going, and it still is. Other things come and go, but the church cannot come and go because it was Christ that said, uh, upon the revelation of the mighty God in Jesus, uh, I have built my church, uh, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I'm thankful to know uh, that while governments rise and fall, that while oh, <laughs> everything in the world uh, can begin to fall around you, uh, while political systems fall, while our friends betray us, uh, the church is saying, uh, I've never lost. I've never been defeated because we're built upon the foundation of the mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is he, the everlasting Father, King eternally. He's wonderful in wisdom by whom all things are made. The fullness of the Godhead, it's in Jesus. 
And there's something, I believe it was in John chapter 14, he said the only way to get to the Father is by me. He was talking about being baptized. He said that I would be in you and you would be in me and we will be in the Father. You got to think about that. I believe the Holy Ghost is getting Jesus in you, but baptism is getting you in Jesus. And when you get in Jesus, guess what? You have now entered into the Father. And when you get in that and you get the part of everything that is Christ and his covenant, there are some things that begin to work through the body. There are some gifts that begin to flow through the body. There is an element that it cannot be stopped. It cannot be hindered. It cannot be handicapped. It cannot be slowed down. There's something about the Holy Ghost. There's something about baptism in Jesus' name. Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost, Preston. He was full of it. And when they started beginning to get this murmuring that the widows were being neglected, well, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? And they said, pick us out seven men. The only qualification that they need is the Holy Ghost and wisdom. I believe that that's exactly what Jesus was saying, that it's spirit and truth. Because if you're all spirit and no truth, you're up here floating in the clouds. But if you're all truth and no spirit, you become a dictator. But when you find the middle road with one hand on the spirit and one hand on the truth, you can be ground with gravity in the word and in the spirit. And you can walk and stay in this thing for a long time. Let me go ahead and preach to somebody that's wondering how you're going to be in this 20 years from now. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart. He said, how can a young person cleanse his path and stay on the path of purity by putting the word of God in them? So when you get spirit and you get truth, you can walk with all balance and with all gravity and with all understanding, and you'll be in this thing for a while. Our elders made it because they were grounded in spirit and truth. The predecessors that came before us, they made it because they were grounded in spirit and in truth. I thank God that we have men of God that lead us that believe in spirit and truth. You need both. And the Bible said that Stephen was one of these elect that were chosen to get this blessed opportunity to serve the widows. Those that had lost their loved ones. If you want to actually get down to the nitty gritty, Stephen would not have been what we would call a licensed preacher with the United Pentecostal Church. Can I just be honest? He wasn't selected to stand before the multitude and preach like the others were. You know what Stephen was called to do? Bring lunch to the widows and make sure their oil was changed, their tires were rotated. That if it was going to snow, they would at least get some good snow tires or some chains. He had to make sure that there was enough deer meat in the freezer to get them through the winter. Praise God. I have any deer hunters in the house. That's what Stephen was called to do. 
He wasn't called. He had to serve the widows so the priesthood or the apostles could continue in their elevation. But instead of him getting bitter in what he was called to do, the Bible said he got full of faith and power. There are people, if you don't get elevated, if you don't get asked to sing the solo, if you don't get asked to be elevated to a certain position, you start talking bad about the person that was. But what did Stephen do? He said, instead of getting mad and dividing the body, I'm just thankful to be a part of the greatest thing in the whole world. Might I remind you, you're a part of the greatest blessing there has ever been, nor will there ever be. There's nothing like being a part of the body of Christ. And so Stephen stays full of faith. And you see, there's something about the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says that he will give you Holy Ghost and that power is the dunamis. It's the same word where you get dynamite. It's the explosive nature of the power of God. It's what came in here when they begin to say, I speak Jesus. That explosive nature, the dunamis of the spirit comes into a place. And it begins to just blow things up. It begins to, to, to move apart every cancer cell. And it begins to move apart every bit of high blood pressure or low blood pressure. It begins to heal. It begins, that's the dunamis. That's the power that comes with the spirit. But the Bible says that Stephen first was full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And because he didn't allow bitterness to set in, and he just went to work for the kingdom... He went from being full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom to being full of faith and power. And let me remind you, Stephen was not a preacher, but Stephen was a man that was full of the Holy Ghost. And he went from that to to operating in the power. In my travels, Pastor Keller, I have seen that we relegate the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost to a man of God that stands behind the pulpit. Well, if the preacher doesn't lay hands on you, it won't happen. Well, if the ministry team doesn't lay hands on you, it won't happen. But let me tell you what this book says. As long as you are full of the Holy Ghost... Y'all mind if I preach it like I feel it for just a little bit? It's time for the body of Christ to rise up and be who we're called to be. If we're going to have an end time revival, it's going to take more than just the 10% carrying the weight for the 90. It's going to take the body getting full of the Holy Ghost and power. Oh, come on, would you lift your hands right now from the left to the right, from the front to the back, and would you lift your voices? Come on, I want you to really lift your voices right now. Come on, really lift your voices right now. 
We're about to see a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. We're about to see somebody get full of the Holy Ghost and say, I rolled the pew long enough. Today's the day I get full of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what Stephen did. Instead of getting caught up in everything, he got full of the Holy Ghost and he went down to the city center and started laying hands on people. He got out there and started witnessing without his ministerial license, without UPCI headquarters ordained. I believe in the UPCI. Don't get me wrong. It is everything that I have ever been and will be. But you got to hear me. It's more than just the 10% now. God is trying to shake the church of the Most High God and say, I need everybody. I need every saint. I need every child of God. God needs you, and God needs you, and God needs you, and God needs you to get full of the Holy Ghost and do a work. A little while ago, I was in an airport traveling, and uh, I walked into a Hudson News stand. I went in because... I wanted a smart water because I'm praying someday they'll start helping me. So I walked in and I bought this gigantic gallon, not really, of smart water. And I come out, Pastor Keller, and there was a man standing right in front of me. He said, the Lord told me to tell you something. I don't know him from Adam. He doesn't know me from Adam. Whether you believe in this stuff or not, I feel like he was an angel because he just kind of disappeared. He said, the Lord told me to tell you he showed me a map of North America. And on this map, there were little fires that began to spring up. He said, and these little fires began to splinter and cause other little fires. He said, and these other little fires began to spread. He said, and the next thing I knew, he said, North America was swept in the fire. He said, the Lord spoke to me and said, this is how we're going to have end time revival in the end time. You got to hear me. I started praying and I started talking to the Lord. All right, what do the fires that are on the map right now mean? What do the fires that are burning right now, what do those fires mean? He said, those are churches that I have given regional dominion to. He said, oh, so listen to this. Region in the Old Testament literally meant an area. Region in the New Testament meant a yoke. So what the Lord spoke to me, he said, I'm giving dominion to churches right now to break the yoke of Satan off of their area that I might replace it with my yoke, which the word says is easy and my burden is light. What God is trying to do is ignite a flame revival. It's no coincidence. Hear me. I don't know if you do November revival every year or not, but it's no coincidence that this church is having a revival in the middle of November when most churches are gearing up to slow down. God gave your pastor a burden 
to put the throttle down and keep going. It's because God is trying to shift the mind of apostolic churches and say, I need every person in the body of Christ to rise up, get full of the Holy Ghost, and do a work for God. God needs every young person in this room to get full of the Holy Ghost. God needs every young married couple to get full of the Holy Ghost. God needs every elder to get full of the Holy Ghost. God needs every parent because there's a work to be done. I'll tell you what's happening right now. When a preacher starts saying stuff like this, we start looking around at our struggle and we start looking around at our mess and we start looking around at what we're going through and we allow our mess to keep us from getting in the spirit on the Lord's day. Let me tell you what John the Baptist did, exiled on Patmos, there to die, no hope, all by himself. I, John, alone on the aisle called Patmos. But nevertheless, with the bones of those previously excommunicated to this very aisle surrounding me. I refuse to get caught up in my circumstance. So what did John say? I got in the spirit on the Lord's day. You gotta hear that on a Sunday. If you get in the spirit, you know the next words that the writer wrote, he said, come up. You're ready to come up out of your mess. You're ready to come up out of your struggle. You're ready to come up out of your trial. Get full of the Spirit on the Lord's day. Everybody in this place ought to get in the Spirit. Everybody in this place ought to get your hands up. Everybody in this place ought to... Come on, COVID silenced the church for too long. I know it hurt us. I know it took loved ones, but I'm getting above the mess. I'm getting above the darkness. I'm getting above my ex. There's faith in this house. And if some of you would lay hold, you'd come up. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.